You are you now are listening, listening to, to the unmistakable sound of the war report. We have a super chat, another one from Mobile alum. It says, are issues fixable by tournament time? How does St. Mary's winning last night against Gonzaga help our seeding uh, versus Gonzaga? Um, the voters are biased, so probably not going to help a ton. But are the issues fixable before tournament time? They are not lacking the confidence to take the shots. Um, if if I saw them being more hesitant to take the shots, I'd worry a little bit more about our ability to fix. Like shot, shot making is just one of those things where you just you just got to keep shooting, and you see one or two fall, and it's going it's going to be a problem. So, can you fix missing shots? Maybe right. Like, but again, it's decision making that they ha- that has to change. Right. I think in in situational um, places. Um, and yes, that's fixable. That's just watching tape and kind of understanding what you need to do better to get your shot off in certain scenarios. So yes, it's uh, issues are fixable. And then a portion of it is just effort on the defensive glass. I think there the St. A- Mary's thing definitely helps because this aura that uh, Gonzaga has kind of had around them, what they do is they do their schedule in reverse uh, because their conference is weak. They have to play tough in the non-conference to start the season because they got cupcakes so to me, in my in my book, they got a, a strength of schedule around 100 to 120 or something like that. In my book, every loss near the end of the season should hurt them exponentially more than anybody else because they don't play nobody. It's almost kind of like they it's like they're the Cincinnati of basketball. Basically. Yeah, once they get in conference, yeah, that's it, man. It was almost a foregone conclusion that they would probably finish their conference schedule undefeated. And when you looked at Auburn's schedule, even when we were at the height of our run, nobody thought we would finish undefeated. You could look at the schedule and say, you know, Auburn's got a tough, tough matchup here. They've got a tough task here. This is going to be a tough game. You could not look at Gonzaga's schedule and say the same. So I rest on this. The SEC is as good as it's ever been in basketball right now. Um, so because we're at the end of the season, and who has a legitimate shot to win the conference right now. I think Arkansas still has a chance to take it out right if we falter. If we win one game, I think we win at least a share of the regular season title. And t- Kentucky still has an outside chance. Tennessee still has a, a chance to get a share. There are you know, three, four teams that have a chance to get a share of the regular season title. And you've got six teams that could legitimately win the tournament. They get hired at the right time. Gonzaga just doesn't have that, man. Right? I I I think it should it should help. I'll be interested to see what this loss does for them in the NET, because that's the metric that really matters. The AP is what it is. But mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm I, that the NET has been in a love affair with Gonzaga for reasons I cannot understand. And uh this loss by what is I think they were ranked 24 or something at the time. But let's just be real, man. That that was a bad loss for Gonzaga last night. Um, and I will say this. St. Mary's controlled the game from start to finish. They didn't just lose. You know, that, their comeback never came. Their moment never came. They lost by double digits. They When I tuned in, it was a few minutes into the game, and they were already down like 13. And they ended up losing by 10. They had no chance in that game. Yeah. 
I, I will say this about Wendell. There was a game a few weeks back, Ike, where Wendell scored about as many points as he did last night, but he impacted the game because he's the primary ball handler. He had a lot of assists. Mm-hmm. He got a lot of other people involved in the offense. It's, it's and, the turnovers. Yeah, yeah. And it's his turnovers that really hurt for Wendell. The turnovers, and when he shoots some of those shots, it's almost like a turnover because mm-hmm. he shoots so early in the possession to yep. where the team gets the ball right back and is coming yep. back the other way. Yep. So I, I think with, with Wendell, yes, it's shot selection, but it's timing. It's how mm-hmm. the offense is flowing. It's a, it's a couple of different factors with Wendell that just makes it look much worse in a right. game against Tennessee where you're already searching for some type of fluidity in your offense. 100%. So, agree so with 100%. I, I think if he improves those things going in, and I think that is fixable. Again, my fixable opinion. stuff. Yes. I think that is fixable. That because, part. Again, shots, shots, you, you, sometimes you just don't have it, but you can yeah. still affect the game. In a positive it, way. Again, if, it, I, I got to get this stuff ready for tonight. What there you we, go. Because when, when we, when you look at, like, again, it looks worse because you're remembering things differently than how they happened because you're remembering how you felt in the moment, not what actually happened in the moment. Yeah. Um, and when you look back at this film, you're going to see it wasn't a bunch of bad shots. It's just we weren't making shots that were makeable. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we'll talk about it tonight. Patrons, stay stay on alert, man. I'm, I'm trying to get y'all ready. But well, well, alum, appreciate your super chats today, man. What's y'all's thoughts on Harson traveling with the Love team it. yesterday? Heard he mixed it up with the fans too. Love it, Love it. for Harse. Yeah, yeah. For Harse. Love it, man. Um, uh, <laughs> some 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 dumb dumbs were blaming him traveling for the loss <laughs> last night. <laughs> um, which I think were they ridiculous. serious? Because that yeah, could be a funny joke. Ridiculous. If you, ridiculous. Really. Yeah, but um, I like it. I love that. I love that he is. You know, all all reports are. That you know this situation, this off season, did have a profound impact on him, and yeah. uh, you know a lot of people tried to paint him as the bad guy. Uh, I don't think he was ever a bad guy. I think what it did raise was self awareness, you know, of the impact that you have on others, and you know that's the mark of of, of a of a good leader to just be able to take a look, reassess, and change direction and change course if need be right so you know there was a lot of smoke but no fire and you know at the end of the day i think that uh as a coach you have to be able to to you know if you're going to reassess others you have to be able to reassess yourself and say you know what the optics here are bad you know even if we're well-meaning we got to do some things differently that's that's encouraging because there's a lot of there's a narrative that he's too stubborn to change right which is why people thought you know, hey, recruiting is never going to get better because he's not going to change his ways. And I, I've never been in that camp. I think anybody can change anything they want to if they want to. Yeah. And, and sometimes right. it's circumstance and scenario. This, I think this was the right circumstance or scenario that got him in a place where he's like, you know what? It's yeah, okay. I, I hear you. It's time for me to make some adjustments. Right. And some people just need a thing that triggers their change and other people right. see it coming and, and adjust. It's just. It's different for different people. He he yeah. found the right scenario necessary to say, okay, changes. Got it. Let's make this happen. Yeah, it was definitely. I, I, I think moment. if I think if you're a competitor too, you're you're more open to changing because you don't like the outcomes you're getting. If you want to win, if you if Harson came here from a comfortable place at Boise, mm-hmm. and he came here to try to prove that he could win at this level, 
if you have that mentality that I'm not going to lose and I'm willing to bet on myself and I'm willing to prove to myself that I can win at this level, I have to be open to changing because these are new challenges that I wasn't accustomed to. This is why I'm here. So I would think that Harson would be open to change because at the end of the day, he wants to win just as much as we want to. Right. So I'm happy to see him making adjustments um, in an attempt to, you know, embrace the community, embrace Auburn, and that helps him moving forward as well. Yeah. So let's let let's talk about let's talk about bench production. Because because that's something to talk that's, about. Is there any production to talk about? Uh, just five points from win. Um, we got a Tennessee's bench outscored ours 19 to five. Now, that's something that definitely has to change mm-hmm. going into tournament play. Um, usually, again, we would we would see because we got because our rebounding was so poor in this game, 31 to 54. That's another ugly stat that happened um, in terms of the 50-50 balls, but there were just some rebounds. Tennessee just wanted it more. Mm-hmm. And and with us being out-rebounded, it kind of almost took away the effectiveness of a Devin Cambridge because mm-hmm. he only had two boards in the game because Tennessee was just swarming to the ball. Um, talk about the bench production, and it almost seems as, as Wendell goes, our bench goes at times. For sure. Um, and if he's if he's not doing well, our bench is going to follow suit. It appears it's not like Jalen Williams or Cambridge or or Cardwell because we only have four guys come off the bench and who actually played in yesterday's game. But right. how critical is that moving forward? Well, if you're going to be losing games by five or less, it's super critical. Yes. Yeah. Right. Because he was the technically the only dude off the bench that scored was Wendell. Mm-hmm. That's it. Right. Cambridge zero points. Hartwell, zero points. Williams, zero points. And all of them missed shots that they should have made. Right? Cambridge went 0 for 3. Um, Cartwell didn't even take a shot. And uh, Williams went 0 for 1. Uh, like, they had um, no no impact on the game offensively at all. Uh, Cartwell, am I the only one frustrated by Cartwell when he gets in? Like, I, I feel... No, I think everybody's frustrated by Cartwell. Yeah, like, I get frustrated by him at times when he gets defensively, in the game. Uh, uh, defensively, he's okay. Um, offensively, it's just like, oh, my God. Like, it's li- we're literally playing four and five at times. Yeah, I mean, the, the issue for me with Dylan Cartwell, you know, he he knows who he is and he plays within himself. He doesn't take a lot of shots. Like, he is not just out there like, oh, I'm open. I'm going to shoot this, right? Because he, he knows it's not his game. It's that I don't think that for him being the energy uh, effort guy in a game where Tennessee gave more energy and effort than we would, this this was the game you needed Dylan Cardwell to be Dylan Cardwell, right? And you yeah. didn't get that. You didn't get a guy that was out there causing havoc, um, you know, creating bad situations for their bigs in the post, getting um defensive glass like you just didn't get that from him and this is the game of any game that you need it the most is a game where a team is being scrappy and so you need your scrappy guy to come off the bench and be scrappy and i just didn't see that enough from dylan cardwell in this game and again this is not to say he wasn't playing hard right because i think everybody played extremely hard you know katie johnson running down a terrible pass 
uh, directly to a Tennessee guard and getting a block that they tried to call a flagrant for some reason, which right. I'm not actually sure was in, was a foul on the replay. Right. right. He actually got all ball, but whatever, you know. Again, I'm not saying the rest of the reason we lost this game, but they had two very four like terrible calls and some other questions. They didn't do a good job officiating in this game. Yes, yeah. overall. Uh, but uh, I don't think effort. My point is, I don't think effort was the uh, the issue. I just think that you know Tennessee just wanted it a little bit more in certain situations, and you need Dylan Cartwell to be that guy. Uh, and it's frustrating when you need that, and he doesn't provide it. He second guesses himself a lot on mm-hmm. offense when he gets the ball. Like his first instinct is to get rid of it, regardless of where he is on the floor. Like sometimes he'll get a rebound and and will almost think to pass it back out when he should go right back up. Right. It's, you did that it, last night. And so that's that's why I'm like, dude, you're the biggest guy under the goal. Go go straight back up with it. You oh, get fouled or whatever. Frustrates but, me to all hell, dude. I, I get uh, so frustrated watching him play. Corey Weber asked, any chance we see Jalen on the floor more with Jabari when Walker is in foul trouble? Um, now, we, we did a facts and all where we talked about uh, – no, go ahead. Like Carwell gives us nothing offensively. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which we just pretty much said. Yeah. Uh, um, we did a facts and all where we talked about whether it was time to start mixing up these lineups a little bit. Yeah. And um, I think his question kind of goes in line with that. I, I think it starts, it's time to start mixing up lineups uh, to see if you can get one better piece in there uh, in each one of these rotations and find something that works. Uh, because, you know, we've been, oh, we've got the deepest bench. We're so hard to beat. And now they've gone cold to some extent. So hopefully if they don't wake up, you're going to need to try something different uh, all the way around. And I think that maybe... Even KD, like we got to do something with KD uh, offensively. Uh, now he gave he gave a lot of effort last night, but he had a uh, better game yesterday. He, I said his game wasn't terrible yesterday. Yeah, he game yesterday. when he starts to get frustrated, yes. with how things are going, and, and then you know unnecessary fouls. Like there was one where he was trying to poke the ball out, and I'm just, it just was to me it was just an unnecessary foul sure. at the end of the game where they're already in the bonus. Right. So you 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 reach for that. And you're giving away points at the end of the game. I just don't understand it. And on the wrong guys. Now, Tennessee missed a lot of free throws in the last three minutes of that game, uh, which allowed us to kind of creep back in. But uh, I do think it's time to start taking a look at these lineups and seeing if uh, there's a more effective approach offensively. You got any ideas? I I do wonder, and this is, uh, I see Lawrence throw this in here, why Stretch isn't getting some of those minutes. Like, Mm -hmm. I know he's... But in in my opinion, him and Cardwell are interchangeable, right? Like they're essentially the same type of player, uh, effort, energy, length. I think maybe when Cardwell's in, in there and he's not getting it done. But again, I, I don't see him. You know, I don't see him in practice. I don't know. You know what uh, Stretch is doing that is not getting him in the graces of you know the the coaches to play. But if Cardwell's not getting it done, and you're you're in foul trouble with Walker Kessler. I think those minutes need to go to another big. And he, in my opinion, he would be an even trade-off for Dylan Cartwell. So, Chase, appreciate your man hanging out with us. Did I make a mistake in buying Final Four ticks, or should I double down and purchase championship tickets? No, because you'll be able to sell them bad boys no matter what. So, no, yeah, you did sure. not make a mistake. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good investment either way, but Auburn's going to be there. We're just going to keep believing that they are going to get it together and we'll be in the Final Four. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big Gap says, can we use the matrix to upload some drop steps 
uh, uh, some drops, step ups, steps and ups, and under moves from uh, oh, oh, from drop Will. steps and up and under moves. Yeah, yeah, Carl Will. Yeah, I he so he's got to he's got to get better hands before I trust him to do any movement with the basketball whatsoever because he does not. So. If you if you're a basketball guy in the paint, you know as a big man, and Walker Kessler does a really great job of this. You can't bring the ball down low, right? Like when he gets it and he starts doing all this stuff, the ball is down here at his waist, and that's low enough for anybody to be able to swipe at it. And he gets it knocked out of his hands too. Like he's not strong enough with it at that point. If he's gonna be doing drop steps and all that, he needs to bring it up higher towards his chest. You know, flexed out elbows, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, he needs a whole matrix upload to get that because he ain't, he ain't got it right now. Matrix upload, that's hilarious. Um, and again, I just think he's in his head a lot, and so he, he's he is he plays a step slower on offense because he's mm-hmm. always thinking in his head. He's not playing naturally. So that's that's <laughs> that's one of the things that kind of. You can visibly see it with him on that side. He's more decisive defensively. You know what's crazy, though? He's a better passer from the top, uh, from outside, um, than he is, like, from the post. And he passes better from the top than a certain three guard that we have that, for whatever reason, likes throwing the ball directly to the other team. I am talking about you, Mr. Devin Cambridge. Um, I just don't understand why Devin Cambridge makes some of the worst decisions like did you actually think that was open decisions like last night he threw one he was on the is he's on the left wing yeah and did he, was, did he did he jump up in the air and I have think, nowhere to go i think that was the old miss game where he jumped okay. through I, okay. I just, but he does some of these passes i'm just like Devin, what like that was open 30 seconds ago bro like why are you throwing it now like it's just He's he he's reacting so late, man. I'm just like, yo, that's crazy, man. I think that, yeah, I did notice he's very more decisive passing the ball at the top of the key, but it just down low when you just gotta play. You just gotta play. You don't don't think, don't look. He he gets double teamed. Sometimes he turns the ball over. I see that a lot with him when he he gets an offensive board, but he gets it stripped. Because he's thinking about, okay, I got the board. I hustle. Now what do I do? Well, right, Tannic. Right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So is is that that part about about uh, him? I want to see him. War Report family, you are listening to the Weekend Tailgate podcast. You're in the right place for great discussion of Auburn sports news, but there's so much more available to our YouTube channel patrons. Patron-level supporters get first dibs on select content, special chat privileges when we have special segments and big-time guests, and only patrons get access to our off-season football film reviews that kick off after A-Day. We're talking next-level film breakdowns to look at what we did in 2021 and even give us a glimpse of what to expect in 2022. And did I mention the patron giveaways? So head on over to our YouTube page and look for the join button. Become a patron-level member and get your weight up. All right, now let's get back to it. Auburn can win out this week and win, get to the semifinal in the SEC championship and be good for a number one seed, especially after the weekend we had. Um, but are you are we concerned about Auburn's last road game? That's against Mississippi State. Um, I don't know that. I, I mean, Mississippi State is a scrappy team, right? And that is going to be really the more difficult thing. 
I mean, you're, you're always going to be concerned with road games the way that we've been playing lately. Mississippi State and South Carolina being our last two games of the season are, are games we should win, though. We should win both of those games. Um, right. So, um, you know, Mississippi State's going to come out there scrappy with something to prove. They're trying to fight and make sure that they can get a tournament berth. And so this is going to be, a you know, a good quad one win for them if they can get it. But we should win those games. Uh, but listen, the way we played on the road, I don't know that anybody should have no concerns. But again, should be a W. Agreed. Agreed. Mike G, your thoughts on how we finish out this week? I mean, I expect us to go 2-0, and but any con- any any concerns on your end? Yeah, listen, they just got to go out there and play hard. We've got a good coach. Uh, we've got a team that's got heart. Uh, just, you know, I like what uh, I see Wynn said on Twitter last night um, that he's going to get right. So he understands what he has to do. And, uh, you know, it's just time for guys to step up, be leaders, uh, get the ball to Jabari just a little bit more. And uh, close the season out right. You know, win this SEC regular season title. Uh, Auburn has a chance to do something that is done very little in our conference. Very, like, only three other teams have won the regular season title and the SEC tourney in the same season. Alabama, Florida, and Kentucky. Kentucky. The only teams have done it. So we would be the fourth team if we could pull it off this year. Those, Those guys have a really good chance. Kentucky's Kentucky's done it more than once, I think, but still, as far as like programs, um, yeah, right, right, yeah. Still, still exciting times, man. It's been a been a a very enjoyable season. Again, we we talked about it. It's going to be tough to just continue to win all the way out um, through the rest of the season. And teams know have a better understanding of what we're doing, which is also playing a part in it as well. Um, When you get an attorney play, these teams don't see us as much. Um, so it's going to be much more difficult to prepare, but I, I'm, I'm looking for us to kind of fix some of our deficiencies moving forward and get better. So these are learning opportunities for sure. Guys, let's get to the, let's get to the end of the show. Let's talk about what we actually saw. What did we see? Mine, RIP to an Auburn great Lionel. Little Train James. Didn't know the guy was five foot six. Wow. Uh, he recently passed away at the young age of 59 due to what's been reported as a lengthy illness. Uh, Lionel is currently 18th on AU's career rushing list with 2,068 total rush yards. And he played from 80, I believe it was 80 to 83. Uh, he averaged 6.14 yards per carry for his college career. Uh, which is fourth in school history as it pertains to uh, yards per carry. And in the NFL, uh, he had a monster year in 1985, which he set an NFL record with 2,535 all-purpose yards after leading the Chargers in rushing. He led them in receiving and kickoff and punt return yardage. He also led the AFC in receptions that season with 86 while setting the NFL record for receiving yards for a running back with a thousand yards at 1,027 yards. James eventually was inducted into the Alabama sports hall of fame in 2006 and was a great Auburn man. He will be greatly missed. Our thoughts and prayers are with his family. War Eagle forever. Lionel James. Who's next? What did we see? Ah, uh, go ahead and knock mine out, man. I've talked about her before, man, and everybody should be aware 
Suni Lee, man. And the reason why I say she's a star, besides the notoriety from the Olympics, when 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 I think of star athletes, and I put Jabari Smith now in this category for Auburn, it's not just about how talented they are. It's about how people around them elevate their game because their game is at such a high level. Sure. I think if you watch Auburn gymnastics, we're winning meets, right? She's not just winning individual situations and then the rest of the team is garbage. Like we're winning meets and you have better competition around them or you have better uh, you know, athletes around her that has made the team better. And I think she just elevates us to that level where we're able to compete with some of the best gymnastic squads out there. Uh, she's super composed when she gets into her interviews. She's, by all accounts, really just, you know, genuine personality. She's a star, man. Uh, Suni Lee is out here doing good work for the Auburn fan base, for gymnastics. Gymnastics meets are packed now. Like, she's good for business for Auburn athletics. Um, so yeah, much props to Suni Lee and all of the wonderful things she is doing. She decided to get her collegiate experience and she's making the most of it. Definitely glad to have her on the plane. So Suni Lee star. I am still baffled how we managed to get her to come to Auburn. I'm biased. I'm biased. I think Auburn is amazing, but I'm just like giving where she's from and her talent and how she got to Auburn. I'm still amazed at how that even the series of events that took place for that. If you missed the beat, she got a perfect 10 on beam. Mm-hmm. And honestly, her bars routine was a perfect 10 too. I, she got, I mean, these scores are so subjective, but like, yeah, sure. Man, sure. like, I just don't know how that bars routine was in the 10 too. Like it was, uh, it was, it was tough. And to see them after she got the 10 on, on beam, uh, we put this up on the channel, so if you if you missed the highlights, it's a quick three minute highlight of Su- all Sunni's routines. Right? Um, uh, they had the camera on her while uh, they were about to announce the score, and to see like just the joy of her and her teammates jumping around. That ten felt like a team accomplishment and right. not just mm-hmm. an individual accomplishment. So Thanks. it was really really cool to watch. It's been cool to watch that that team dynamic there. And you're talking about somebody who is a star bigger than Auburn. Mm-hmm. I mean, she won a gold medal on the Olympic stage, and she's got more sponsors than uh, she's probably got more sponsor obligations than anybody currently playing in any athletic program in Auburn. Sure. For sure. So she is NIL personified. And and without the change in rules, I don't even know if she could do this. Right. 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 But because that this is a good side of NIL, allows stars like SUNY to keep their amateur status and just be a kid. And come to college and have fun rather than having to, you know, continue the loner path, which is gymnastics, essentially. Right. Most college is really cool. She 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 talked about it. I asked her some questions about the team dynamic and how she was adjusting. And she just said, you know, it's 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 different. I was used to doing everything on my own. Now we're doing it as a team. You know, we share, you know, we encourage each other. And uh, I mean, she is the Auburn Creed balled up into a little gymnast. That just goes out there and just takes down everybody. You know, I know gymnastics isn't really like a "if you will take you down" kind of sport, but man, God, she is just savage out there. I love it for sure, for sure. Um, post by John: Gymnastics tickets are sixty-five dollars for state. That is nuts, man. So, I that is nuts. Yeah. Caesar, you remember when we were in school? 
right? You can just go. You just walk. You can just walk in. All you need to yeah. do is shoot an ID yeah. to get in. Yeah. Right? And uh, we used to take the Tiger Transit down there. Our GPS 16 was terrible, right? Uh, <laughs> and so there were some people that we knew. They used to take the little tens and fold them in half to show the zeros. And like, <laughs> I mean, we were <laughs> we were not good. We were not good. So this is, I mean, that whole arena yeah. experience is different. Now, basketball is top five. Our gymnastics team is crazy. Like, man, what? Yeah, like our spring, our, spring, our spring semester uh, was not yeah. as exciting as yeah, this. way like, more exciting what? Yeah. <laughs> student during the spring than it was when we were on campus there. Like, Facts. right. Mike G, what you got, sir? What did we see? Ah, uh, listen. I said this about the NFL playoffs when it came. I thought it was the best NFL playoffs we've ever seen. This was it was a it was a compelling playoffs, and I think the NCAA tourney is shaping up the same way. Right now, I have my feelings about this field, and I really do think a lot of teams can take it. I don't think that Gonzaga is one of those teams. I'm sorry. They're booty. Yeah, and, they, they, they've just lost to too many bad teams. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they got three losses. You know, I mean, it's I think it's Gonzaga. I think they they lost to Duke, Alabama, and you know, but they just played nobody. You get one little test at the end of the season and then you lose in what literally looked like a high school gym. Oh yeah, with the little the no one is sitting in like the the behind the goals is like a wall. What? It's packed because it's yeah right yeah <laughs> it's just a wall. <laughs> the entry with the school the name on the parking there. lot. Yeah, the, the parking lot is on the other side of the basket. They, they selling uh, Capri Sun at the uh, concession <laughs> right. <stand. laughs> Sour straws. Yeah, all right, yo, and, and in front of hundreds of people, right. <laughs> And beats everybody. Yeah, all right. I just don't understand this this thing with with Gonzaga, this love this love affair with Gonzaga, I don't get. I will say this though. I think they have a marked advantage over a lot of schools in that Gonzaga is not putting out one and dones. So they have more continuity in their For program sure. yeah, than yeah. other programs because, yeah. you know, if they get a Jabari Smith, he might stay for like three years. Nah. Every year, every <laughs> year. For like, ain't staying three well, years. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying their version of whoever their Jabari is, is what I'm saying, like okay. stays more than one year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, their best player, their best player plays more than one season. We have had to replace our best player every season for the last three. Yeah. yeah. Because think about this. Think of if, if Isaac Okoro, Sharif Cooper, and Jabari Smith all played on the same team, that, that's something that could have happened. JT Thor. And JT Thor, we wouldn't be sitting here. Do we have the best offensive team in the country, hands down? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it'd, be, it'd be actually, we would be pretty ridiculous offensively with that. Yeah. Very, Come on, man. And good. it's the same for like Kentucky and some of these other schools that are putting kids in the NBA every season. They come for one year and then they're going. Gonzaga, correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't see them doing that. This Chet Holmgren kid, I watched some tape on him, and I was just like, you know, they, there was a highlight of him dunking against whoever their last opponent was, not St. Mary's, but um, and it was against San Fran. And Gonzaga fans were trying to convince me that that is they were like a Ken Palm 24, and I was like, I don't, I put no stock in Ken Palm's ratings, none, because I don't understand them. 
They seem they're weird. They're, his ratings are weird. I just thought to myself, I was like, it was the worst defense I've ever seen played. The guy who was trying to stop the dunk was running with his back turned and essentially just kind of turned around right at the basket and then moved out of the way. And Gonzaga fans was like, oh, man, Tick, yoked all over him. What? Come on, man. <laughs> I just, by, by the second round, I mean, listen, by the second round of the tournament, they're going to run into a St. Mary's type school. Those number one seeds are really designed for you to get past the first round almost automatically. But by the time you get to the second round, you're playing somebody. So I just don't, you, or you should be. Now they're going to yeah. get the, the, <clears throat> the cakiest of cakewalks to Sweet 16. And for what? What exactly has Gonzaga done Nothing to earn season. it? Nothing. Tell me. Please. I mean, they're judges. They're just. They're living. They're living off of their reputation. Right. What they've done in the past. Because yeah. they got beat by a team that we beat twice. The problem is, is that we have to keep playing those teams throughout the season, and they right. do not. Right. And we still, we're still only sitting here with four losses, and they got three. But somehow they're an undisputed number one. Give me a break. <laughs> This NCAA tourney is wide open. I would not be surprised to see Gonzaga not make it past the Sweet 16. If that. Would not be shocked at all. I just don't think they're that good. But I think there are a ton of teams. You know, Baylor is still really good. Yeah. yeah I know Baylor's they good all defensively. That. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, they struggle on offense as well. They have a similar type of situation with us where their offense can be shaky, but they're good defensively. Yeah. You know, uh, Kansas... You know, I know Ty uh, uh, Ty is everything, but Kentucky still has a solid squad. All these teams, all these teams would give Gonzaga hell. For you sure. Know, I, I guarantee, so I'll go as far as to say if we swapped schedules with Gonzaga, we'd probably be undefeated. Facts. And Gonzaga would have like or, eight, or, nine we, or we'd be one loss because they did play Duke. I, I, I don't know that we would have beat Duke okay, that's fair. early in the season. Yeah. That's fair. But you know, again, Alabama. We already showed we'd be number. We'd be number one. We'd definitely be number one if we played their schedule, right? But I just wonder if because we did, we don't have the history. Whether they again, the polls would give us that same respect. So, but but if I'm Gonzaga, uh, to your point, Mike, because of that, because of the competition you play in, I'm just wondering once you really get punched in the mouth in a tournament, are you able to fight back? Yeah. You know, you 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 lose to a St. Mary's, but man, like if you if you if they play Arkansas, and 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 that's the reason why I'm not as concerned as most of our fans with how we can fare in the tournament, because we have been getting punched in the mouth for weeks, and I've watched the team respond every single time. Right. Every single time. I said this in our chat. I was like, man, we're gonna make a run before the end of this game. Like we just are like when as soon as Tennessee started to pull away, I was like, "We got one more run left," because they always make a last run. Doesn't matter. Now, some of those late runs, we've won those games, but every last one of them, we've pulled, we've closed it from the double digit. Looked like the team was going to pull away to make it interesting in the last thirty seconds of the game. Every right. single time, there is not a team that can say they didn't. They blew us off the floor. This yeah. doesn't happen because Auburn doesn't let it happen. So. When the tournament comes, they already know where to pull that from. 
Right. Other teams got to figure that out because they hadn't been getting punched in the mouth by good teams all year. Auburn has just got to be like, look, we've been here before. Let's go. Let me ask a question. When you look at our schedule, right, and you look at the teams that uh, we played, starting from the top of the schedule, UConn is going to make the tourney. For sure. Right? Um, LSU is probably going to make the tourney. Uh, Florida is a bubble team, but they could make the tourney. Alabama's going to make the tourney. No way. Murray State right? probably will make the Murray tourney. State's going to make the tourney. Uh, Kentucky's going to make the tourney. Tennessee. Tennessee's going to make the tourney. Arkansas is going to make the tourney. That's eight teams right there on our schedule. Uh, and I still think, um, let's see here, there's some outliers that could still make it. Uh, Oklahoma's definitely not going to make it. No, do, 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 do Texas A&M or Ole Miss have a chance to make it? Texas Ole Miss, no. Has an outside chance. Ole Miss is not going to make it. They're not going to make it. Mississippi State. Mississippi State's. Got I don't an think. A, I don't think. It, I don't think A and M is going to make it. I'm trying to think who they've beaten. Mississippi um, State is 17 to 12. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they. Mississippi. Make it. I think Mississippi State got a better chance than because they had more quality wins than A and M. Yeah, A and M just they they you talk about a team that fell apart late. Like you people talking about Auburn losing four games. Like Mississippi State looked great. Or, excuse me, Texas A&M looked great early season. And then they it just... Is. I said, I said, I feel like they was going to be... And I cursed them because I said that thing, they was going to be able to make the tournament and then they just fell off a cliff after that. Yeah, that's that's eight to nine teams. That's almost a third of our schedule. Our tournament teams. Yeah, and uh, as Lawrence just said, Bama still could get in. Bama? They're definitely going to make the tournament. They're going to make the tournament. They're going to make the tournament. Their, their schedule was top 10 hard. You know, when you look at their schedule, I mean, Bama had, they had one of the hardest schedules in the country. So, you know, I know they've caught in a lot of flack for not being as good as a lot of people thought they were going to be. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, uh, they had. There'd be some good teams, though. I mean, they lost to Iona, sucked, right? Yeah. Uh, they lost to Memphis. Um, they lost they to beat Duke. Baylor and Gonzaga. And Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, so they have they have some puzzling losses, but they also have some impressive wins on their resume too. So it'd be hard to to uh, you know if they're going to be if they're going to have twenty wins at the end of the season, it's it's hard to make a case for why they're not going to make the tourney. I thought right. I thought they actually handled the last third of their schedule a lot better than I thought they would because uh, yeah, it was. So sure. I was looking down, to, I was like, I see like seven losses here, some murders row. Yeah, and they pulled out some impressive wins. Um, that I just didn't expect, but they had a tough stretch. I mean, Alabama had a stretch where they played Baylor, Auburn, and Kentucky in three consecutive games. And, and well, they, four, one, and five. Yeah. Right. And they lost two of them, but they beat Baylor. But, you know, again, that, that win against Baylor stands out. Yeah. So uh, this, this thing is wide open. It should be an exciting tournament to watch. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, you know, I, I do hope. For Auburn's sake, that they can pull out a one seed. JG said that if it's not a one overall seed, he doesn't see a whole lot of difference between like one of the lower one seeds and like a high two. Um, so uh, I'm not, yeah, I'm not claiming to know how that works, but uh, you know, you want the easiest path possible. And in 2019, we went one of the hardest paths possible as yeah. a five seed. So. I would. I just. I'm, I'm. I'm hoping these guys get. You know. Uh, you know. We almost lost. We almost lost that first game to New Mexico State. This is. This is. This is all I needed to see right here. 
quad four wins, 50% of their wins were quad four. It's, it's the most overinflated record in the entire NCAA is Gonzaga's. I'm sorry. And I'm not real, I'm not a Gonzaga hater. But not, I just they, I just think that they the, it's the fact that they were a consensus number one team for what? Right. Right. Yeah, he's right. 13 and 0 quad four wins and then they have a they have one quad three win, two quad two wins and then they're 8 and 3 in quad one games. They're just as regular as everybody else in quad one games. They just play fewer quad one games. They they play more quad four games than anybody in the in, in the top twenty five except for one school, in the NET. Murray State is the only other school that plays more quad four games than Gonzaga. They're sixteen and zero in their quad fours, All right? But if you take third four of those quad four games and put them quad two or quad one, they've got two or three more L's on the schedule for sure. Come on, man. Like, I just, I, this is why I don't understand why we look at these rankings and the, and the NET loves Gonzaga. But if Auburn played 13 quad four games, we would, we wouldn't, I, my God, they, we, we wouldn't be ranked this high at all. At all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just keeping it real on them, man. Like, they're, they're not, they, they're just as, they're just as regular in quad one games as everybody else, right? Auburn is in our quad ones, we are, Seven and four, right? Gonzaga's eight and three. Um, uh, Texas Tech is like seven and seven. Uh, Kansas is ten and four in their quad ones. Uh, they played a lot. Baylor is eleven and four in their quad ones. Houston is zero and three in quad one games. Zero and three. They haven't won a single quad one game. Yeah, they but lost. They're the yeah. number four NET team. Make it make sense to me, guys. I don't know. We're seven and zero in quad twos. Eight. I mean, no, I mean, only we, losses are quad ones. We, yeah, we, we don't. We, we haven't lost any outside yeah. of quad one. Period. Yeah. <laughs> now Gonzaga, <laughs> Gonzaga could claim the same thing. Arizona's got one quad two loss. Houston's got a quad. Uh, they've got four losses in quad one and quad two. Um, you know, everybody else has at least. A quad one or quad two low. I just don't. I, I don't. I don't get it, man. But I think this is wide open. I don't think that. Um, I just don't think that Gonzaga stands a realistic chance past the Sweet Sixteen. By that point, they should have run into somebody, St. Mary's, like, and they could lose by ten in that game. Chet Holmgren does not impress me at all. He doesn't. I haven't watched enough of him to, to make an evaluation. It, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like watching uh, a twig somebody strip the leaves off play basketball. Mm, he's fine. he's he's like ninety pounds, <laughs> and uh, you know he he's I uh, got Auburn means put this stat up about his three point shooting. He's a tall guy that that shoots, but again, against better teams, he's you know he's not very good shooting the ball against better competition. I just don't know how he's going to stack up. I think Cardwell would body a guy like Chet Holmgren. He should bully him, right? Uh, and I don't see how that guy could even handle Walker Kessler at all. So you know he he can move, you know, and he can shoot a little. But I I just, I just don't. I think if you get physical with him, he's done. Uh, and, and outside of him, what 
does Gonzaga have over everybody else, but like just the consistency of having their players stay while everybody else's good players go to the league. You know, if 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 if, if we had the same rules in college basketball that we have in college football. Where you couldn't leave until after your junior year? Nobody would ever talk about Gonzaga. Ever. Right. That's it. They get bodied all the time.